Hi, my name is Jenny. And my name's Yuri. Welcome back, Brew Crew. You're listening to the Adam and Eve branch of the Conscious Cuppa podcast. Thank you for turning up and tuning in. Are you ready for more goodies? I am. We're here again to delve into Ponder and Wonder through some more of the Bible stories, revealing their hidden meanings and characters. We'll share how they've helped us discover the true nature of our very own human imagination as it creates and shapes life, the The universe universe, and everything everything in between. Our claimer rather than a disclaimer is that we firmly believe the Bible is not history but an allegory, a story told as if it's true. When it describes people like Eve and Noah, Jesus amongst others, these are states of mind, states of consciousness, not actual historical people. We believe that God is our very own awareness or consciousness and that we're all God, together dreaming this strange dream into physical reality. We hope these discussions give you a confidence that helps you discover what you can do today and every day to cushion the blows that inevitably come our way. We really love hearing from you and enjoy your input. So we have a little question for you, or rather, a rather big question for you. If you were at a dinner party with one of the characters of the Bible, what would you ask them? Let us know. Please send your questions and suggestions to the show on Twitter at ConsciousCuppa and via email, ConsciousCuppa at gmail.com. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-C-U-P-P-A. You can leave a direct message on our anchor.fm webpage. And Brew Crew, send us your beautiful mugshots too. And stay tuned right at the end of the show for your very own African Easter egg. But for now, we invite you to grab a brew, take a pew, sip in in, and wake up. So what's in your cup today, Jenny? Well, the bit that I've brought to the table today is these individual tea bags with nothing in them so you can fill them with whatever you like fill them with your delight yeah yeah and um that was a lovely birthday present from a certain person who's smiling next to me don't know who that is (laughs) (laughs) and then you bought something to put in those bags so we've got a mixture of this wonderful raspberry brew which is from a local polish shop that i go to fantastic they do brilliant herbs in there as well dried herbs where's that we should give them a shout out so it's in shepherd's bush opposite the shepherd's bush market station oh i think i know the one yeah we'll put a link in yeah in the description they're brilliant and then i have um some rose hip that mm. was gifted to my son that i appropriated now this has got all the flavors that i love i love these flavors but what's the difference between rose hip Hibiscus and sorrel. Rose hip is, is from roses. Okay. So it's it's a completely different plant. But it tastes so similar. It does. And actually, it's really interesting because there's a so- sorrel flower, which is very different from the Caribbean sorrel. So Caribbean mm. so- sorrel is a succulent and European sorrel is a flower. But they do have similar tastes. Yeah. And maybe it's that redness that gives them that kind of redness, that oh, berryness, that yes. gives them that similar flavour. 
We hope you've got something wonderful in your flask, in your glass, in your cup. Cheers. So here's what we do. Jenny and I are in bed doing a bed talks instead of a TED talks. So this is to keep the flavour of the show all relaxed and easy going. Each episode we pick a question from the public as we take a magic minute trip in the lift of life and talk through the story as we learnt it as a kid. After that, we send it through the de-gobbledygook machine and see what's been learnt since we got muddled up way back when. Then we'll put 10 minutes on the clock to share those new insights that we've had since then. Finally, we'll join all these new perspectives up and see what that all means in terms of Law of Attraction, L-O-A. What do we mean by Law of Attraction? Basically, that imagining creates reality. What I think about all day is shaping and colouring the canvas of my life. It's time for Magic Minute. And this week's question comes from Travis. Travis would like to ask Jesus, why would you want me to sacrifice my family members? Let's call the lift of life and see what we can say about everything we were taught as a kid about sacrifice. Let's roll the dice and see who descends and ascends first. Before we do that, Jenny, do you have a joke? I've, I've got a kind of proverb. Go on then. If you give a man a fish, he will eat for a day. Yeah. If you teach him to fish, he'll sit all day in a boat drinking beer. <laughs> Let's throw these dice. Three. You're going up first. I got two. What did I know about sacrifice as a kid? Start a minute. Okay. Go. So, I, as far as the Bible goes, I just think that God was the one that was always telling you off and telling you you can't have stuff. And it was usually for me about sweets and things that I wanted, uh-huh. like going out with my friends or two puddings, yeah. which my aunt actually provided me with this week. That's That was my idea of sacrifice. And I think I thought that it was the devil that kind of got you into trouble, so you had to make these sacrifices. What kind of things would you have to sacrifice? So, like, getting sweets. So you'd have to give up sweets for the week or something? I don't know, just like... You know, that you wouldn't get the sweet you wanted or you didn't have enough money to buy the sweet you wanted when you went to the shop or that you kind of, I don't know, you had to share your sweets with somebody. So basically it was like something you didn't want to have to do. Yeah. You now had to do. Basically sacrifice was punishment. Yeah. How about you, Jenny? Let's go back down. Start the minute. So sacrifice to me was all about slitting animals' throats. Oh, wow. I know, right? That's a bit dark. I, well, th- that's the point. The whole thing was really dark to me. It's just like, yeah. now you have to bring some pigeons, you have to bring some <laughs> goats, you had to chickens. All this, <laughs> these animals were sacrificed. Yeah. Which kind of ties into, you know, maybe today why the vegetarian movement is so big. It's because <laughs> we do the same things with the animals now. Yeah. But for me, that was sacrifice. And it wasn't so much personal. It was something that people did at the back of the church kind of thing. (laughs) Not that they were actually doing it at the back of the churches I went to, but just 
it had this oldie worldy feeling that yeah. that's what you had to do back in Old Testament times. Yeah, you did in see order, that on the films, didn't you? In order to get anything done. But now all we had to do was sacrifice a pound or 50p to put in the tray oh, yeah. when it came round. Your tithe, yeah. You sacrifice your money. Yeah. And then maybe things will be good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the films I watched were terrifying, especially the Roman ones, because they actually seemed to be sacrificing people. I was like, "Well, there you go. There's, there's the other. There's the other side of it. Mm. Very Hollywood. Very Hollywood. Okay, well, let's put ten minutes on the clock and update this fairy tale. Okay. So the first thing we want to do is get away from the Hollywood idea of what sacrifice is. We did cover in episode four. Abraham and Isaac and the sacrifice that was necessary there. So you might want to pause, go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. We're, we're updating into the New Testament now with Jesus. And he's he's got this quite, say what, kind of a quote in Luke. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers, and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Say what? So you think to yourself, oh my God, I have to give up everything? So no wonder Travis has this question. So Jenny, when, when you're talking about this, how I'm understanding it, yeah, is that basically you've had enough and you've been brought to your knees. Like uh-huh. Nothing else in your life is working. Your mum and dad aren't aren't helping, aren't talking what you need to do. They can't help. They're not. Yeah. Oh, you've had enough. Yeah. Come on. Free me. So I've been in that place. Yeah. So then you're forced to turn to something else. Yeah. And the idea here, if you listen to what Paul says, Paul is saying you've got to have a new conversation. Yeah. Drop the old conversation. The new conversation implies a whole new way of thinking. So your real mother and father is consciousness. Yeah. It's the thing that you gave birth to within yourself. Yeah. Your brothers and sisters are in yourself. Your wife is in yourself. Remember, this is not talking about things on the external. Everything is talking about things on the internal. So it's the world that you have created, the beliefs that you have created about what you think is true even just the, the very simple things of life, the things like your job, the things you believe about how the world works, the things you believe about your your own self-concept. Yeah, I was going to say self-concept, and I was going to say, yeah, definitely of how things happen in the world. Yeah. And this this brings me to Job. Yeah. I had a I had a lovely read of, of, of what Neville says about Job. And Neville Goddard? Yeah, Neville Goddard. Job praise for his friends and he's released from his own captivity yeah so this is the sacrifice this is the sacrifice of giving up what you previously thought and what you were previously worshiping what you you know your your previous self-concept that's right job was caught up in this old traditional idea that god is a god of retribution yeah that is to say if you do something wrong, you're going to get punished, which is what he he felt his experience was. But actually, there was an invitation to have a new way of thinking about life, the universe, and everything in between. Jesus goes on to say around these 
verses in Luke. He tells a parable about inviting people to a, a party, a dinner party. Mm-hmm. All the people that the host has invited, they're all busy. They're all saying, well, mm-hmm. I, I've just done, I've just got a new house. I've just married, so I, I can't come. So in the parable, he ends up having to ask people that he wouldn't have necessarily invited, yeah. the poor people. Yeah. Because when people invite you to dinner, there's this idea that now you have to invite them back. Yeah. Whereas if you invite the poor, in other words, the people who really need to eat, yeah, you don't expect them to invite you back. Yeah. So this is it can be more of a gift. Yeah. No strings attached. But the idea of sacrifice again is that you have this old way of doing things, the things that you were taught when you were young. Every episode we have said everything we were taught when we were young and we are now sacrificing all those beliefs because we've been invited to eat sumptuously, abundantly on a greater understanding. I've had to give up this old self-concept that Jesus was this man who lived 2,000 years ago instead of this new idea that Jesus is in everybody as each of our imagination which is there to lift us out of situations. Yeah, and I want to go back to Job, in fact, because in Job it says we can't be good enough to earn God's gift. There's nothing we can do to earn this gift. God doesn't get even. There's no retribution apart from you not using your imagination consciously to fulfil what you do want. And it's important to look at Job as well as Abraham because Job's family members all die. Yeah. And they do come back at the end. Of course, that should tell you that this is not literal history. Mm. So they all die. It it was a way, again, of... And remember, this is happening within the one person, like all the characters of a story are in the one mind of the author. The family members are all these beliefs. Yeah. The nations within Abraham are all the beliefs and sets of beliefs, the states of mind. Mm. And we have descended in consciousness. And through that descent, the cutting of the tree again, we've had to build up again. But yeah. in that descent, as we're given the mind of a beast, as it says in the Bible, in other words, you're, you're back to basics. You're back to survival is surviving rather than thriving. And this is a state, isn't it? It's a state. Well, the, the, the first state is Adam. You're cut back to absolutely nothing. And you do have to struggle. But there is also an ascent because you're ascending back to this idea of this perpetual forgiveness that Jesus is. But with all the experiences that you've had. But at some point, you're going to try and put old wine into new skins. It can't be done. It's not going to work. The old conversations that you were having, the old beliefs that I had, they're not going to work with this new understanding. I can't keep that going. So a man unknowingly falls into these states. So we have unknowingly fallen into these states. It's part of the play. But we reap the fruits of this state. But what we now understand is the state isn't the man. These are states of consciousness. So you're giving up a state of mind. Yes. You're giving up the idea that you have to struggle. You're giving up the idea that you have to go to this person and that person and you have to fill out that form and you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to get it. 
Now, it's not that you don't fill out the form. We've said this before. It's not that you don't meet this person and talk to that person. But what I'm sacrificing is the idea that these people and this form is, is what is what's yeah. going to get me the thing that I need. I need to sacrifice that idea, give up that idea and become a disciple of Jesus. In the other words, I have to have this self-discipline of going to my imagination first and foremost yeah. in order to imagine I already am the person I want to be or I already have the thing that I need to have. Yeah. And I want to add Isaiah 1 11 says basically we need not sacrifice struggle or suffer for the realizations of our desires and in genesis god is the one who sacrifices as the lamb the burnt offering so you know that's going back to the abraham and isaac isn't it where the lamb is sacrificed instead but this is symbolic of the lamb being jesus in other words jesus dies and resurrects yeah dies to the old idea of what is and resurrects a new idea, a new conversation. What is that conversation? It's a conversation I'm having in my head. You talk about positive intelligence and how these conversations, you're always having these monologues within within the mind that is telling you the old story or the things that you have to do in order to get and what you need. And things you don't want, the troubles. And Neville Goddard definitely says, drop the old conversation immediately. This is one one of his many teachings, his is, principles that has really just, you know, prods me on a regular basis. Well, this is the sacrifice. And maybe this is the bit where you, you kind of cut the throat. Yeah. This is like you stop, just stop. You know, sometimes people do that motion with their finger across their yeah. throat where they say to you, don't say anything, don't say anything. Yeah. And and maybe that's where the sacrifice is, is stop. Stop straight away speaking about the thing that you don't want to happen. It's that's... interesting because I was talking to a friend just yesterday, Claudette, uh-huh. and she was saying, she used to say to her children, zip it, just yeah. just don't go there. Yeah. yeah. And And now we understand what that actually means. And it's about these acts of, kindness you know you're sacrificing your old idea of your brother yourself for what you really do want so in the descent we descend into something that is quite unkind and unlovely we're going to give all of that up yeah in order to become something that is beautiful powerful delightful yeah, and it can even be a mistaken idea, just that, like you were saying, the paper's doing it, the the man gave you the job. If you hadn't have schmoozed him over dinner, you know, you would have never got the job. No, that's not it. So we're putting, we're going to put five minutes on the clock now because we want to see how this works in terms of law of attraction. Yeah. What we can do in order to to give up easily, let's say. Yeah. Or have a practice a discipline yeah. that allows you to give up the old ideas of what was. Okay, five minutes on the clock. I read one of Neville's lectures called The Pruning Shears of Revision. Okay. And this is a practice that he used to do and he swears by it. Mm. It's a way of not only changing the idea of what has happened to you in your day, Mm. But it's kind of setting up a state of mind that is always seeing the lovely Mm. in things, in your day, in people. Mm. So the idea is that at the end of the day, 
you go back through the day in reverse mm. and you take each event that happened and if there was anything about the event that you did not like, mm. did not conform to the ideal, mm. you change it. Yeah. You change it in your mind's eye and you play it back to yourself as if it was how you wanted it to be. Yeah. And then once you've got right back to the beginning of the day, it's me sitting, having a coffee. Yeah. Um, you play the whole day back, all the way through, and feel the loveliness, the joy, the beauty the of that day. Yeah. So this is what I, as a coach, call the art of revision uh-huh. and flipping the script. So you, did you learn this from Level? Yeah, yeah. I okay. learned it from Level. I've just, those are the terms I use when okay. I'm coaching and helping, clients. Yeah, helping clients to uh, change their internal dialogue, to forgive themselves, actually, to be more loving and compassionate, but not just to themselves, to their brother. So this would fall in line. So if you meet somebody, you have an altercation, you have an argument, or things just didn't go your way. It doesn't have to be an argument. Yeah. But you're going to change the conversation, have a new conversation, as Paul suggests in Ephesians, have a new conversation the way you wanted it to go. So I've got a really simple example. Uh-huh. So you lose something or you've got the idea of loss. Uh-huh. So you can't find your keys, which is something that I used to do when I was younger all the time. Run around the house, oh, where yeah. are my keys, where are my keys? But now I understand that this, these, these are old conversations. This is all doubt. This is like an idea of loss and lack and you know oh gosh I'm so silly and there's all kinds of negative self-talk in there old ideas about yourself this in positive intelligence is called the saboteurs talking in your ear now what I do is I steal myself I hold my keys in my hand and I feel grateful and appreciative and it's literally that so I stop even if there's a little invitation I just stop and I hold those keys. I know what they feel like. In your imaginary hands. Yes, in my imaginary hands, I hold them. So I'm, I'm, I quiet myself. I go into my imagination. I, I feel the temperature of my keys in my imagination. I feel the weight of them in my hand, and I, I feel basically the relief of having them. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's such a relief and a relief. And this doesn't sound like sacrifice, does it? It no. doesn't sound like having to give up sweets. It doesn't sound like having to kill a chicken. Yeah. It just it's it's actually just swapping one reality for another, yeah. almost like an alternate ending in a movie. So these are states. Uh-huh. These alternate endings in the movie are states. Now, what this practice of revision is going to do is over a two week, three week period. If you're doing this every day, discipline, self discipline, yeah, it's going to change your attitude towards the day. Just yeah. a twenty four hour period. So that there is always the expectation of loveliness. Yes. So that eventually you are flipping the whole attitude towards what is. So the whole attitude to what a day can be. But also there is this expectation that no matter what happens, you have this power and beauty within you Mm. to rearrange the contents of your mind, to put new wine into new skins not into the old expectations of what might happen if you meet this person in the future. Yes. I just want to kind of end with a principle. Use your imagination lovingly 
on behalf of another and rejoice in his good fortune. So even if you, well, I read it in Neville in The Bible is Your Biography. Ooh, that's a nice title. Yeah. You know, you're using this for yourself and your brother. Uh And there's an encouragement that if you're finding it hard to be loving towards yourself, which, yeah, I've definitely had that a bit. I find it much easier to do it for my brother, but that always returns to you because you're changing your self-concept of what your world looks like. Whatever you're awakening in another person has to be awakening you first. Yeah. You perhaps need to take that acknowledgement as well it can't you can't give to anybody what you do not have yourself and that also works on the flip side if you're imagining something horrible for another person it has to be awake in you first yeah so whatever you're doing for others is what's happening for you regardless of whether you're aware of it or not so you might as well think of something lovely if something unlovely happens in your world you have the ability, you have the power yeah. to rearrange it. Yeah, you and do. if you can do that as a, some kind of discipline, whether you do it each day or each week, it's going to have an effect on your life. Yeah, It doesn't seem like we have this power to change reality. Yeah, But that's the whole point of the podcast, yeah. is to remind and point you in the direction of realising that you do have this power and it's beautiful. Yeah. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and learning along with us. Send in your beautiful mugshots and your questions about the Bible character that has always mystified you to the show on Twitter at Conscious Cuppa and via email ConsciousCuppa at gmail.com. We really do love hearing from you, so keep them coming. This has been a swell cuppa. A slurping good time. And the perfect brew to to wake wake up to. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for waiting right till the end for your very own African Easter egg. Jenny. Lollipop sticks. Come here. Let's see what we've got. Oh, we've got a beautiful turquoise and white one today. Ooh, this is perfect. It's from Nigeria. It's a Yoruba saying, if you damage the character of another, you damage your own. Wow. How appropriate. How appropriate. Law of attraction, baby. Yep. Bye.
Bye.